generation forever and ever. Amen. And so that's really at the heart of everything that we do. How do we accomplish that? And I'm going to give you five theological pillars upon which our church rests. Five massive theological commitments that we have as a church. And then I'm going to show you how they flow out in four ministry values. So five theological commitments and four ministry values. So theological commitment number one is one that you're aware of. And, and every one of these has some scripture underneath. So make sure you capture the scripture. So pillar number one is the inerrancy, the sufficiency, and the authority of scripture. Paul talked about this, didn't he? In 2 Timothy, when he talked about all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable and is useful. It is capable of equipping a believer for every good work by the things that it does in our lives. And so we are grounded, if you want to know what the founding commitment is, it's to the inerrancy, it is to the sufficiency, and it is to the authority of Scripture. Now, can I say to you what I would say to every one-on-one -on -one class coming in the door? This past year, we had 90 people join our church, and they all went through this, this PBC one-on-one that you keep hearing about. And when I come to this point, I, I, I sometimes ask, now how many of you believe in the inspiration and the inerrancy of Scripture? Almost everybody raises their hand. In fact, I can't think of a time when I've asked that question where I've had somebody not raise their hand. How many of you believe that the Scriptures are capable to give us life and godliness, and almost everybody raises their hand? And I don't ask this question. But I, I actually get really pointed here. I said, most of us do not struggle with the inerrancy or the sufficiency of Scripture. The real point for us is its authority over our lives. Do we really believe that the Bible has the authority to tell us what to believe and what to do with our lives and how to live our lives? And so that's the first thing you know about this. You need to know about Palmetto. We actually believe that. Right now, the elders are in conversation with at least two situations where we are bringing this point to bear on the lives of our, our flock. And we're saying in both of these situations, I know what you think. You think you know what we think, but neither of those things really matter. What really thinks, what really matters is, has God said something about this? And if he has, what has he said? And how does it apply? And once we know that, then are you willing to do that? And so this bit about the authority of Scripture is a very, very important thing. That leads to the second theological commitment, and that is the supremacy of Jesus Christ over all things. I mean, if you really get down to the heart of Scripture, the Scripture authoritatively says there is someone that is so important that God gave him everything. God put him over everything. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20 talk about the fact that we've been taken out of the kingdom of darkness and we've been put into the kingdom of this person. And God has made him preeminent. There's a big difference between being preeminent and just being prominent. God didn't make Jesus prominent in the universe. He made him preeminent. And our temptation as believers is to give them prominence in our life. And the more trouble we're in, the more prominence we give them. 
Some years ago, there was a, a song that came out called Jesus Take the Wheel. You know that song? <laughs> it's actually a kind of cool musical song. It's terrible theology. It's, it's what happens when we develop a prominence mindset about Jesus. Hey, my marriage is in a mess. My life is in a mess. My relationships are in a mess. And, and, and God, you need to take the wheel and straighten it out. And then once it's all straightened out, I'll, take, I'll drive again. And this, this theological pillar that we're committed to as a church explodes that kind of thinking out of our life. There is someone who God has given the preeminence to over everything, over the universe, over his church, and over our individual lives. And that person is Jesus Christ. So what is it that Jesus Christ is most interested in? If he's the preeminent one, what is it that he is leading? What is it where all of his attention is focused? And the answer to that is our third theological commitment. And that is to the centrality of the church over which he is the head. You know, sometimes we think of, you know, the, the illustration of a body and some of us are fingers and some of us are toes and some of us are eyes and some of us are ears. And Jesus is like this head. When that illustration is actually intended to think about a community of people and somebody is its head. And here is the head of a church, a universal church, and it is his passion. It is his primary focus and his chief objective on earth. And that really has to be ours. Church is not incidental. It's not our Sunday deal. It's not what we do because we might get to merits if we don't. It's not what we do because we got to get our church pill because if we don't take our church pill, we're going to end up with a disease in some area of our life that's sinful, and then we're going to have to really go for And so we typically throw church in as an activity or a compartment of our life, and Jesus is blowing that completely up. And at PDC, what you're going to hear consistently throughout our ministry is this. The number one thing God is doing in his universe, in Jesus Christ, is to bring glory to himself and to his son through his church. That's why we started with Ephesians 3.21. And that brings us then to the fourth commitment, and that is, so what are we supposed to be doing as members of the church? And Ephesians chapter 4 talks about the fact that the elders of the church who have been given to the church by the head of the church, they have been appointed and recognized by the body. It's not like an elder just raises up his hand and says, hey, I think I'm going to be the elder. Today I was at a coffee shop, and I'm on a little kick right now. You'll find out that sometimes uh, different ones of us go on little kicks. So my, my current little kick is I decided I want to invite five people every week to come to Palmetto. One of my people actually came today. I was so excited. I I I, I got a text. You're not supposed to text in church. So the Holy Spirit communicated electronically through devices that were in my possession. And I found out that this family was there. So I jumped up, ran to the back, and you know how you're praying, you're like you know, every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. You know, you're trained well and you're 
old Baptist church to do that, so I'm still with that. So I was looking around, and there they were! It was so awesome. Well, so, I, oh, I was telling you, I was kick, and one of my, my people came today, and I, so I was at this place, and, and there were these people sitting there, these ladies, and I went up to them, and I said, this looks like a serious meeting. There are four of them. And I said, are y'all having a Bible study? And they're like, no, uh, we're starting a business. I'm like, oh. And I said, what business are you starting? We don't know. We're just starting one. <laughs> she's going to be the money person, and she's going to be in charge. And one lady said, oh, I thought it was going to be in charge. That's where they were. And so we, we had this nice little chat. And they said, so what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm a pastor. You get to do it. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> what church do you, oh I just pastored down the road here you know past Walmart you know past the Wendy's deal we're up on a little hill with the gym and the little toilet trailer out in front and uh, and uh, what kind of church are you well we're a back you're a Baptist church I said our Baptist is really the B is really really small <laughs> and this lady literally said well good I might come because I'm really mad at my church oh <laughs> I'm, this happened two weeks ago. I'm like, why are you picking your church? She goes, our pastor changed the name and it went in the news. So they had been going to this one church, large church in Greenville. It's all over the news. It made the news. And, and one day, their pastor walks in church and announces to everybody that the, the, that the church is forevermore going to be known as the love story. <laughs> No kidding. This is true. Whatever I know what their name was, I'm not going to say it because you know. Well, you can go to the news and find it. But, but they have been all their branding, everything, and, and this guy decides from here on out we're going to be known as the Love Story Church. Did he ask anybody beforehand? No. Did any leadership people have a clue this was happening? No. Did anybody in the congregation know? No. And her comment was, that's the last thing that's true about us. We are not the Love Story Church. Well, that will never happen at Palmetto. You'll never come in here and you'll never hand, you know, we are the Love Story Church. We just don't operate that way. There are elders, and they have been recognized by the congregation, and their job is to edify and equip the congregation for the work of the ministry through the correct application and instruction of the word. And that's really what we're about. That is, that is why you hear so much from our pulpit about get involved, find a ministry. Why? Because all of this truth that you receive here and there and in so many different places is not intended to make you a better informed person. Although hopefully you will be a better informed person. It is intended to make you a transformed person whose life is now spent in the outflow of all that theology that you're seeing and all of that theology that you're hearing that is changing you so that you now become a member who has discovered that God has given you gifts and abilities that he intends to use for his glory in your church. And that brings us to the final thing in terms of our theological commitment, and that is this. All of this energy, all of this edifying, all of this equipping, all that we're doing here 
is pointed in a very, very key direction, and it is this. It is in the evangelizing and the discipling of the nations for the glory of Christ's name. And you can see that in the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. I think I left the 9 off the 19 there, so in your mind, put a little 9 there. You know that text. The whole reason we are here is to bring God glory in Christ as a church. And the primary way that we do that is we go and announce to the nations what we have found out about Jesus. The incredible sovereign preeminence of him over all of our lives. And the reason we know that is because we have an authoritative word that tells us that. And we've been equipped to serve in the thing that he is building for his glory, his church. And he wants more people to come in and experience the beauty and the joy and the transformation of what you sang this morning and what we've been hearing. And so that's really the objective of our church. Now, how does all of that theology, the, uh, the authority of Scripture, the supremacy of Christ, the centrality of His church, the, the equipping and edifying of you and me as believers for the evangelizing and discipling of the nation, how does that flow at Palmetto? And I think it flows out in four core ministry values. And you can see them uh, every Sunday when you look at the stage. And the first of those is come and worship. Psalm 95, 1 through 3, exhorts us and invites us to come joyfully every week to praise the great God and King who reigns over all of the earth. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 25, talk about the fact that we really ought to be people who don't neglect the gathering together to do that. So come and worship. Here's our second value. As you come and worship, grow in grace. I was listening as we were being shepherded, as, as we were singing, and there was so much truth that was, that was being woven around what we were singing. We were being reminded, we're not doing this to earn favor. We're not doing this to keep wrath away. We're doing this because we already live in grace. And do you realize that the average person who comes to a church like ours doesn't have a clue what that means? They actually believe that they got saved by grace, but that they have to work really, really hard not to mess up. They got to work really, really hard, and maybe if they do enough stuff, they will have enough favor in God's sight so that when they desperately cry out to Him for something, maybe He will hear them. And what you just saying today, and the instruction that came around all of that, explodes that kind of thinking. And it needs to be exploded. Every opportunity we have as a church, we should explode that kind of thinking out of people's lives. We don't perform to be accepted. We are accepted in the beloved because of the beloved. Grow in that grace. That's what we need. Grow in grace. This is not about going out and doing whatever you want because now I'm a Christian. This is about growing in the freedom and in the joy and, and thriving in the beauty of what you're saying today. That's growing in grace. And that's a core value for us. 
What happens when you grow in grace? You connect with one another. There are meaningful connections that are made when you actually are growing together in the same grace. There are amazing connections. And it's not just between each other. Do you realize that we actually sense when you're not with us? When you go home on a break? Something's missing at Palmetto. And we, we, you know, we, we make our way through it. And, and but we are eager for you to be back. Janice and Wayne Osborne are the oldest members in our church. They love connecting. They love being around you people. And you probably don't even know who they are, but they mention you to me regularly. And so connecting with one another through community groups in so many other ways. And all of that comes to this big value, go and serve. Ephesians 4.16 talks about the fact that when a body of believers is healthy, when the authority of Scripture is at work in their life, when Jesus Christ has been truly given the preeminence in His church and in their life, in, in the preaching, in the singing, in all of it, when His body becomes so important to us that Sunday is not just the thing we do to check off on a box, when we've been growing in grace through the edification and equipping that comes from the Word of God in our life, there's something that happens. Every member of the body starts contributing to the body. And the body starts growing itself in love so that it looks like its head. When I first came to Palmetto, I asked, so what is this go and serve bit? And almost everybody had a different idea of what it meant. Oh, it means that this is a parking lot for four years for me, and, and then I'll pack my bags, and I'll go here, I'll go there, I'll go there. And, and I would suggest to you that Hebrews 4.16 is, is more, rather than pack up your bags and go, Hebrews 4.16 would be more like this. Ready, set, go. What is it that God wants to do to grow Palmetto up so that it looks more like Jesus because of your ministry? Some of you work in our children's ministry. Some of you work with our, our student ministry. Some of you do so many things. You work on the worship team. And you know what you're doing? You're using your gift. And what's happening with your gift as your soul is being cared for, you are growing the body up so that it looks like Jesus. So those four values, come and worship, grow in grace, connect with one another, and go and serve are the outflow of those five commitments. Now, let me very quickly talk about watch care membership. Uh, what is watch care membership? What does it look like? It looks like two things. It looks like biblically qualified spiritual leaders watching prayerfully and joyfully over your life to help you grow in grace by means of biblical instruction and life example. That's what Hebrews 13.7 and Hebrews 13.17 talks about. The elders and spiritual leaders who watch over you are, are doing it unto the Lord as people who will give an account for your spiritual vitality. We take that very seriously. So it looks like biblically qualified spiritual leaders watching prayerfully and joyfully over your life. It also looks like a loving community of fellow believers walking together who are committed to caring for your soul. 
CJ was talking about biblical counseling. I like to think of it as self-care. Every once in a while, I need some self-care. And I go to Pastor Ben. I'm, actually, when I was going through my, my cancer, I was hitting up against things in my soul. I didn't know what to do with it. And I went to Pastor Ben. And I said, Pastor Ben, you're the pastor for soul care here. I need some soul care. And he was amazing. And my soul was helped by his care. That's what Watch Care membership looks like at PDC. A group of fellow believers committed to caring for yourself so that you thrive. Our delight, our joy is to see you thrive. Why is it important? So that's its goal. Why is Watch Care membership important? Well, it represents an intentional spiritual commitment on your part and on our part to the theological and ministry values that are, in, are embraced and advanced by our church. That's important that we commit together to these things. And then it, it, it represents an important spiritual agreement to come under a, appropriate spiritual authority of the elders who are charged by God to watch over our souls. You know, I know that I'm an elder, but I told you that before I'm an elder, I'm a member. And the reason that's important is I need to come under the authority of the other elders. And they speak truth into my life, just like they sometimes speak truth into your life. And so this joining through watch care is an important spiritual agreement to that. And then thirdly, it is an important requirement for serving in many ministry areas at PBC. For example, you can't sing on a worship team if you're not a member. You can't serve in our children's ministry if you're not a member. Now there's some additional requirements that we have because of the safety side of things, the background checks and things like that that we do. But in order to serve in the children's ministry or the student ministries of our church, you need to be a member. So membership is an important requirement for serving in many ministries. What is the difference between watch care and full membership? And, and there are two real, real things here. One is we recognize and respect your ongoing membership at your local church. We're not replacing that. We recognize that. And so because you have full membership in that church, our constitution basically says as a WatchCare member, those, those people who can vote and determine the direction of our church in those five areas need to be at least 18 years old and they need to be full members. Can you be a full member at PBC? Answer is yes. But when you become a full member at Palmetto, you can't also be a full member at another church. And so if that's where you want to go, we are thrilled with, with you becoming a full member. But if you're like, I really want to keep my membership in my church, then we have this watch care uh, opportunity. So what is involved? How do I become a watch member? Very simple. You must give your salvation and baptism testimony to a ministry leader. Second, you must voice your willingness to support our doctrinal statement in ways that preserve unity or foster unity. And thirdly, you must agree to be faithful to the biblical obligations and spiritual expectations of membership in Christ's church, not just PDC. So there, God expects us to be faithful. God expects us to participate in the ministries, to use our gifts and our talents. God expects us to give. And so as you embrace uh, the idea of being a watch care member, you're also embracing these responsibilities. How do I go about doing it? Uh, well, you give your salvation testimony, you 
voice your support to the doctrinal statement, you agree to be faithful, and then you must submit some very simple paperwork to our church that will allow us to add you to our membership roles. And then upon approval of the elders, you will be presented to the congregation for membership affirmation. You see that, Pastor Coco will get up from time to time. We had one today. And so if you desire to do this, that is uh, what happens. All right, how do I go about this? What is my next step? And I would really encourage you, if you are not a Watchtower member, and you regularly attend here, to become one for your own soul's sake. It is a healthy thing to be a part of a living church. We're not a perfect church, but we are a living church. And so let me encourage you to pray about this. If you come back and say, you know what, Pastor Sam, I really think I should do that, make your intention known to one of your ministry leaders. You can email them, you can text them, you can catch them after one of the services, but make your intention known to the Arrowheads or make your intention known to Paul or Emily or to CJ, and they will be extremely happy to help you take the next step. Can I pray for you? And then I'll turn it back over. Lord, I am so grateful that we can talk about this and about what you're doing at your church through Palmetto. I pray that what we've talked about today would be encouraging and helpful. Lord, there are people in this room who you are moving and uh, you are drawing to become members here, full members. And I pray that you would make that clear. What a blessing it would be to have them as a part of this body. Lord, there are some others, many others perhaps, that you are, you are moving to be watching your members. Lord, we would gladly receive and assume the responsibilities and obligations of the church to them so that they might thrive carefully and joyfully and in ways that are fruitful for your kingdom. Lord, I pray that you would help them to take the next step as you continue to lead in their lives. We pray in Jesus' name.